Hello and welcome back to AFL by Dummies and let's discuss the grand final as it was. There were celebratory shoeys all around for the Eagles as they maimed the Pies in the seesawing thriller of a grand final. Shuey successfully scored the Smith after a skilled showing as the Magpies bombed out. Lock and Ross, did you enjoy the grand final? Yes, I did enjoy the grand final. It was everything we could have hoped for, basically. Um, Collingwood got off to a quick start, and then West Coast slowly but surely reeled them in, and you kind of felt like it was their game to lose come the end of the game. Um, they missed four set shots in a row in the final quarter, and you just started to worry that they might have thrown it away. But our man Don Sheed stepped up when it mattered most. Is he our man? Do we get to claim him now? No, that was completely unfair of us. I've never been his number one fan. You know who was my man, though? Tom Mitchell. Now, he didn't necessarily participate in the grand final, but he was involved on Brownlow night, and that had some rather large consequences for us because between you and I, we made a bet as to how many votes Tom Mitchell would get on Brownlow night. We said if he got to 26 votes or more, then I would get to crack an egg on your face. How many did you get, Chuck? 28. And I got to crack an egg on your face. Yes, you did. Uh, I can't say it's the most interesting experience I've ever had in my life. Um, I think the worst part is having yolk just hanging around your eye. And actually, the worst part of all of it was about an hour later, I tried to get as much of it out of my hair as I could. But about an hour later, I put my hand through my hair and a bit of dust like fell in front of my face. And I'm pretty sure it must have been egg dust. That could be the number one killer on the street soon, egg dust. Um, let's get on to our breakdown of the grand final. We've got to actually cover some stats. Um, we've, we've made a list of some of the key moments that we want to cover from the game and some of the key personnel, how they influence the result. Because in the end, when you have a game of such small margins, performances can make a huge difference. He's back now, Lenneman. What up, bitches? So I'm going to go with my first point, and that's covering Mark Hutchings. So we talked about Steel Sidebottom last week and how he got his just rewards by being the fittest player on the field and being the most effective player on the field in the contest. We know he's delightful by foot, but he doesn't get enough credit for the Ks he covered. So only one player on the field that covered more Ks on the ground this weekend than Steel Sidebottom, guess who? Mark Hutchings. Beautiful performance by Taylor. He followed him everywhere. Steel side bottom was okay. You couldn't really fault him much. Um, it's one of those tags where it's just a no-win scenario for Steel. But just to be able to put in the legs, to be able to go with Steel side bottom, he's got to keep pushing himself at every contest all along the day. He's got to keep pushing himself to go, got to keep running, just got to stay with him, just got to stay with him. And he did, and it was a fantastic job taking him out of the game. Very impressed by him. I believe you have a killer stat that really summarises how good of a job Hutchings did on side bottom. So Steele Sidebottom had 14 disposals for the day, which is the lowest he's had since round 6, 2013. That's five and a half years ago. Five and a half years. He could have played 100 matches in that time. That's, that's truly incredible. That's... That does justice to the performance that Mark yeah. Hutchings and did. And to pull that out on a grand final day, it's it's arguably the best performance on the ground. Like Luke Shu is obviously going to get um, the Norm Smith as he did for the offensive performance he put in, but Mark Hutchings nullified a player who last week got 40 disposals and basically ripped um, one of the best teams in the competition apart. So to nullify him like that is crazy. Um, so good on him. I'd like to talk about Liam Ryan. Flying Ryan, as we may call him. Um, he's had a great year, and 
you know, first year playing in a grand final, you're never really sure what you're going to get. And at one point in the third quarter, he was running back with the flight of the ball for a kick over the top, and it would have been a chess mark if he went for it. But he saw, um, I think it was Aish in front of him, and he pulled out at the last second when really if he'd gone for it, he would have taken a simple chess mark. But he was worried about the contact, pulled out, took his body off the line and dropped the mark. And it looked pretty bad. And at that time, the match was very close and he would have had a set shot on goal with that. But grand finals allow you to make up for moments like that if you do something equally special. And late in the game with two minutes to go before the kick before Dom Sheed got the mark that eventually sealed the game, Flying Ryan's yet again going back with the flight of the ball. But this time his eyes don't flicker. This time there is no doubt in his mind. He's flying for the ball. And that he does. And he takes a fantastic grab. And then he gets up quickly from that as well, beats Langdon on the mark, and then Dom Sheed's having a set shot at goal. And that's all because Flying Ryan learnt from his mistake. And that was in a matter of one quarter. That takes guts and good on him. There's some fantastic footage which I can recommend to anyone that hasn't seen it of Lewis Jetta talking to him at three-quarter time. And it shows the great mentor relationship as he kind of, you know, coaches him saying, you may have made one mistake then, go on, fix it. You can do this, we believe in you. And uh, I, I don't know about you, I love that kind of stuff. So it was great to see. In an even game, right, like this, because in the end, the final margin's only five points. I think we, we also got to credit some of the things that Collingwood did exceptionally well. First of all, I'm going to start with a man, and I'm going to say man now, despite the fact that this time last year I would have called him a boy, and that's Jordan Degoe. Aside from the maturity levels that he's grown off the field, because I can't really speak to that, um, but the fact that he's no longer running red lights and speeding, that seems to be a good sign. It's pretty low bar to start <laughs> with. In terms of the maturity he's gained on the field, he's quite quickly become one of the most dangerous players in the competition. At the start of the season, he was a nowhere. Um, very talented. We all knew that he had potential, but he never really delivered on the field on a regular basis. And watching him in the grand final, it reminded me of watching Dustin Martin. Like, that, that's, that's how good I genuinely think he is right now. He's not as good as Dustin Martin right now, but he has that same kind of flair. And where look about him. When he gets near the ball, you go, oh, this is not good for the opposition. Whether they're kicking the ball to him, whether the ball's bouncing and he fends someone off. He's strong, he's fast, he's skilled. Everything you want in a player, look out. Welcome to the Jordan Degoe era of footy. Yeah, he could be well and truly one of the best superstars in the AFL next season. Um, the sky's the limit for him, and it's that simple. It'll be interesting to see if he's maybe, and I'm just throwing this out there, a future captain. Don't know if he has the maturity for that, but from a... Maybe not yet, but I, I don't know about you, but Pendlebury, which is something I'd like to talk about, he was the captain and he had 20 disposals for the day. Wasn't Was hardly seen, basically, um, outside of the first quarter. And, I mean... Collingwood needed a lift. They needed someone to lead them in the third and fourth quarter because West Coast were reeling them in and they, they had the game on their terms. And you think of Trent Cotchin last year um, in the third quarter in, against Geelong um, when it was very tight, Richmond's playing in their first final. He throws himself at everything, gets in amongst it all and suddenly the game turns. And Collingwood needed something like that yesterday and Scott Pendlebury couldn't provide that. Whereas someone like a Jordan Degoe, who's maturity-wise probably not there yet, but flair-wise and captaincy-wise maybe isn't as far off. Um, I think that's something Collingwood was missing, a captain who could lead from the front. I think captaincy is is more than just the ability to lead from the front. It's also the dressing room 
seniority. Um, I think Scott Pendlebury's got that side of it pretty well down pat. I'm sure he wouldn't be absolutely thrilled with his performance. I don't think he was terrible, but he was probably not up to his standards. Um, so I'd be curious to know what he thinks. One of my next points is I want to address the ability to be clutch under pressure. Because I know it'll be... And I'm going to cover this one quickly because I know it's so obvious, but it just needs to be said. Because pressure does terrible things to good people. Look at the accuracy of West Coast in the last quarter alone. They kicked three goals, six in the last quarter. And of those six behinds, several of them were very gettable shots. They missed four in a row before that Dom Sheed one. Um, And for Dom Sheed to go back in a difficult position on the field calmly slot the ball through the goals was just pure professionalism at its finest. Loved watching it. I love a player who's calm under pressure, um, and that was a real highlight for me. Yeah, we could probably take a leaf out of his book um, when you think about it. I wish uh, we were that good under pressure. It's probably why we're a podcast at the moment and not live radio, but seriously, no, Dom Sheed played a fantastic game from someone who's been in and out of the side all year to come up like that on grand final day, and then he's not the greatest kick in the AFL. But to drop punt it, to believe in the drop punt, that was the other thing. He didn't do any snap or anything like that. He believed in the drop punt and absolutely nailed it. Good on him. It'd be unfair if we didn't talk about him. Uh, Luke Shuey, just a fantastic game from start to finish. I'm not going to go too much because I'm sure you've heard about it all, but 34 disposals, 8 tackles and a goal. I mean, is there anything else more I can say? It's just a complete game. And on the biggest stage, and he basically dragged his team back into it. They said before the game that they were expecting him to get tagged and not Yo. And so then when Yo got tagged, Luke Shuey looked around and he's like, okay, I can change the game right now. And he did that. And actually by doing that, he got Yo back in the game in the second half. Um, Just a brilliant performance. I can't put any other words to it. I I totally agree with that. I think it's an undervalued skill to take notice of the fact that the opposition tagger has gone to one of your other teammates, thought about it and thought, right, so this is my opportunity then. I have to lift. I have to be an important cog in this side. And he did that. Once that, I'm going to throw on top of yours, which I I love, and you'll always hear about this from me. Luke Shuey, despite being one of the most effective players with the ball on the field, fourth in the match for pressure acts. He had 23 pressure acts in the match, which is a very impressive number. One of the best players on the field in the defensive side of his game as well, just because when you thought his game wasn't well-rounded enough. An all-round performance in the biggest game of his career, potentially. I've got one left, um, and it's actually going to be a plus for Collingwood, to be honest, because I still want to make sure that we give them their proper praise. They got within five points of a premiership. That's how close this game was. And this one is going to somebody that, once again... I didn't expect that this would be going to... Chris Main laid 14 tackles on the weekend. I thought you were going to say that. I, I don't know about you. This time last year, I thought this man was done. Like, done and dusted. Like, Tyrone Vickery level bad. Like, I, I thought we'd seen the end of him. I rated him a good four or five years ago. Thought he was a um, very underrated player. Very useful player to have on a half-forward flank. Plays what you w- Played then what you would call like the Tom Lynch at Adelaide role now. And when that kind of dried up for him in the new look Collingwood forward line last year, I thought, oh, he's gone. He doesn't stand a chance now. But as this new tackling pressure wingman, he was phenomenal. Like, he was one of Collingwood's best players on the field. 14 tackles. Um, he was also ranked very highly for pressure acts. And managed to get a few disposals for himself as well. Um, he went at 100% efficiency for his disposals. 
that was the other thing as well. He wasn't wasting it. You would have heard me the entire game. I was not happy that he was playing so well. <laughs> I thought he was done as well. And he was a good. He was the laughing stock of the AFL for a while in that trade that Collingwood butchered. Um, all the jokes about whether they actually thought they were going for him or they were going for Fife. Um, he played a fantastic grand final. There's no other way to put it. And I'm a big believer in credit where credit's due, and credit goes all the way to the bank to Collingwood and Chris Main because I didn't think that this, he'd be capable of this, and he was fantastic. He didn't quite get them the premiership, but he did his part. That's the least I can say. Okay, I've got a joke for you, Alex, and this one might uh, might not sit too well with you. So, a few weeks ago, you went back and had a look at some of our predictions earlier in the year, and that didn't make me look so good. No, they didn't. Well, two can play at that game. <laughs> I wish I could crack my knuckles. This would be the perfect time to crack my knuckles. Today, we are going to do a questionnaire of sorts of who said that. I know I made a lot of not great comments in the preseason. I did talk about some of them in when we did our review of that that I brought up. I did talk about the fact that I made some very not great comments, like Jake Stringer would be all Australian and things like that. I'm sure that'll be in there. Um, yeah, I'm sure this is going to come back to haunt me. So most of the quotes today are going to centre around our two grand finalists and some of the things you said about the two teams who finished as the two best teams in, of the year. You are not going to fare particularly well here. Hey, I had West Coast in my A. You didn't. Doesn't mean you said mm. nice things about their side. No, I didn't. I said, I, I can tell you now, I said that the only reason they'd make the eight is because they flat track bullies. <laughs> yes, you did say that. Anyways, so which of us said Collingwood suck? Hasn't anybody watched them? They're bad. <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds like the kind of thing I'd say. Are you locking that in? Yeah. Collingwood suck. Has anybody watched them? They're bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll cop that. <laughs> okay, the next one. Every season under Buckley, they get worse. I think we both said that. I remember you saying that on the show, though. That's just statistically correct. So I I don't really blame you that much. Up until now. Up until now. Up until this point, that was statistically correct. So I'm going to say you. Every season under Buckley, they get worse. Okay, so it may have been me. (laughs) Just potentially could have been you. Okay. I think Nathan Buckley will now realise he made a mistake with picking to coach. (laughs) I'm sensing a theme here, and that's that all of these are me... And I'm going to take the uh, risky option and say that I said that as well. Very risky option. Let's see. I think Nathan Buckley will now realise he made a mistake with picking to coach. Ooh. Yeah, look, that one was me. I'm not going to lie. Scandalous. Th- you realise he's made two grand finals now as a coach? So he made the 2011 grand final, which they lost to Geelong. And this is his second grand final he's made as a coach. Not bad, eh? It's more than Damien Hardwick and everyone gives him a lot of credit. Yeah. Interesting. Now... Before the Geelong West Coast Eagles game earlier in the year, one of us made a prediction about the West Coast Eagles midfield in, in comparison to Geelong's one. Uh, a less impressive midfield. That the Eagles have a less impressive midfield than Geelong? But not that it was just like just less impressive, that it just wasn't an impressive midfield whatsoever. I mean, I think you still look at the Eagles midfield. It's not that impressive. So I'm going to stand by my statements. Okay. Because I think it's it's really like Gaff, Shuey, we know they're stars. Then Sheed's like good. And there's I don't think there's much after that. But I'll, I'll say me. They need to remind one of the less impressive midfields, Gaff, Shuey, etc. How's done. 
the same midfield that beat up Collingwood's midfield twice in the finals and beat up Melbourne's midfield. The two best, best midfields, midfields in the, in the competition. Um, a less impressive midfield. Okay, I think maybe we need to start marking them more fairly. Yeah. I didn't, the one I had to include there, Hutchings. Hutchings is a gun. He's one yeah. of the best taggers in the comp right now. Uh, this is another thing that one of us said about uh, West Coast Eagles. I just don't think they have any composure and class. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about you. I would quite happily call them the most composed and classiest team <laughs> in the competition right now. They play the opposite game styles of Richmond and their, their game style relies on being composed. Yeah, and taking a lot of marks and yeah. you know controlling the play. So, you know, a bit of composure and class. So which one of us said they don't have any? I, I honestly don't believe that you wouldn't have included this if you'd said it because it's just too bad. <laughs> so, so I'm going to say that I said this one and I'm going to... I honestly really regret this one. This is one of the first ones I've looked at and gone, oh, I'm so wrong on that. <laughs> I just don't think they have any composure and class. We'll wear it on the chin. I apologise, Adam Simpson, West Coast fans, everyone was 100% wrong on that. You guys are the most composed. <laughs> Comfortably. Anyways, uh, we're going to move to just a couple of non-grand final related ones. Just a couple. So which one of us said this show is really not serious until we get serious? <laughs> 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 um, I actually think that's the kind of thing you'd say. Yeah, I know. It does sound like that. Because <laughs> I can imagine you saying, this show is the kind of show that's not serious until we get serious. <laughs> and you say it like that. Man, this show is really not serious until we get serious. <laughs> I have not had good accuracy on this. <laughs> no, you did. Well, I mean, to be fair, that statement is 100% accurate. It's actually the first yeah, accurate statement you've made so I wasn't, far. But I wasn't accurate about my accuracy, which I think is an exception. <laughs> Just going to pretend that's a word when really... It... Anyways, um, which one of us forgot a segment name of their own segment? Through no hinting whatsoever, I'm going to take a shot and say that I may have potentially forgotten the name of my own segment. That is my game of... What was the title? I've already forgotten. <laughs> I, to be honest, you're going to love this part. What was the game? What were we playing? Um, not so celebrity heads. Oh, not so celebrity heads. That was fun. I enjoyed that. That was all the way back in round one. Oh, that was so long ago. I forgot, didn't I? My I apologies. Did Kyle Cheney and you did um, Tom Brass. Tom Brass. <laughs> the Premiership hero. <laughs> Tom Brass was one it. of the best players in the field. We should have talked about him. He was fantastic. Yeah, he him and, and McGovern, McGovern were massive. Yes, uh, probably should have talked about that. But really, these mistakes, by mostly you, were all well and truly foreshadowed in the very first few words of our pre-season episode. Well, welcome back to AFL by Dummies, the only show on the internet that requires just as much effort from the listeners as it does from us. I mean, because we suck and, like... I know, I figured that out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I stand by that statement. <laughs> I'm not questioning the statement. I'm just questioning the having to explain the joke. And I'm like, Alex, I figured that out. That's blatantly obvious. No, but in my defence, we suck. It's not a complicated defence. It's quite simple, but I think it stands true. I don't disagree with you. However, I disagree entirely with your execution. It was poor. <laughs> that was fun. I enjoyed that. Anyway, I did not do very well, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> I mean, if you go looking enough, you'll find bad predictions from both of us. Yes. I just thought, uh, you know, 
I'd have a little fun myself. Even the playing field? I, I just like the fact that there were so many about the two grand finalists. All right, my turn now. Um, one of the big stories from the weekend was the grand final entertainment. This year it was Jimmy Barnes and the Black Eyed Peas, and Jimmy Barnes got rave reviews. Fantastic from him. Not so much the Black Eyed Peas. In fact, Will I Am received a lot of flack for looking at his phone in the middle of one of the performances. Now, I've come to defend Will I Am, or William, as he likes to be known. I have done an interview with him behind the scenes, where I've actually received the details of what he was doing and why he has a very legitimate reason to be on his phone in the middle of the performance. Do you want me to tell you about it? Of course I want you to tell us. So, Will I Am, or William, is actually one of the most professional multitaskers in the world. He's one of the few people capable of doing 18 different things at once. Now, at this time, because he really wanted to devote his attention towards the performance, he was only doing five things at once. How caring of him. Like... Looking after the Australian audience like that, you know, only being distracted by four things, that's incredible. So, of course, diverting most of his attention towards trying to provide a good source of entertainment for the audience, he did manage to get several other things done on his phone at the same time, including with the payment for the concert that he got from the grand final, he was also booking a plane flight to his own private island in the South China Sea. Hmm, Interesting. A much better use of his time than the grand final pre-show. Yeah, it's not like anyone cared anyway. He was also, and I've heard this firsthand, swiping right to Alex France on Tinder. Don't blame him. If I had the chance, boy, <laughs> in a heartbeat. I've, I've, uh, th- and this is, and this is a rumor I've heard. This is a rumor I've heard, but I cannot confirm. Apparently, he also swiped left on Cameron Link, but who can blame him? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> he was also on his Netflix account, downloading the latest season Wait, of Orange question. Is the New Black. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what would Cameron Ling's Tinder bio say? <laughs> Umpiring is the disgrace of the Australian Football League. Curly hair. Oh no, I, w- I would say I would say Cameron Ling. If I was Cameron Ling, my Tinder bio would be the carpet matches the drapes. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I've heard that he was actually texting Fergie. Um, asking her to return to the band, mostly because, and I quote, he misses her hump, her lovely lady hump. Interesting thing to miss. Totally not a song lyric or anything. No, no, no. But yeah, I, I don't know. Talking to him, I just I just got a feeling that this was going to be a much better performance than it actually was. And I think these distractions are what, in the end, got in the way. But on the upside, I think most of the audience had the time of their life, so... Anyway, that was my joke for this week. <laughs> Solid worker, stringing a few song references in there. If you heard them, pull them out. All right, we've done jokes, we've done analysis. Let's get the party started! <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Lock and Russell's world-famous segment. This is Punching Down. This is Punching Down. Collingwood, you guys seriously put in a good effort. You tried your best to get to every contest, every loose ball, even every possible mark. And this didn't just stop at your players, it also included your runners. I guess in the end, it was no surprise that you guys came runners up, because like your runner, your time is up. The Brownlow is the pinnacle of awards on the football calendar. It serves as a way of giving the players the credit they deserve for match-winning performances. It's perfect for a guy like Miley Williams. If he puts in a huge performance, he wouldn't normally get credit until Brownlow night. 
On Monday night, Mali got the recognition he deserved with three votes in round two against St Kilda. Like, listen to this, he kicked six goals. Oh wait, that was Ben Brown. Oh, there, there he is. He had 21 kicks, a goal and 13 mar- Oh no, never mind, that was Jared Waite. Oh, thank God I finally found him. He had 26 disposals, a goal, five tackles and- f- Oh no, that's Jack Stephen. Oh, I finally got you. Marley Williams had 14 disposals, zero tackles, three marks. What the f- That was punching down. I, I totally agree. I mean, where is the love for Marley Williams right now? The guy needs more appreciation. Thank you, I got in another one. Where is the love, Black Eyed Peas? No. No. I'm Marley Will I Am. Bridge, <laughs> 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 we're never going to be done. The rest of the show is going to be this. You know that, right? The least you could do is meet us halfway. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. Um, that was that was a pretty decent punching down from you. Um, I enjoyed it. Are you feeling some scoops, Lachlan or us? Yeah. What sort of scoops are you feeling this week? I'm uh, thinking. I'm thinking some scoops of the natural. <laughs> natural. I don't know. I was winging it. <laughs> if you were victorious, what scoops would you be getting? A hokey pokey. Hokey pokey. Yeah. And then you turn yourself around. That's what I'm feeling. And you put your left foot in. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 wouldn't Hokey Pokey go to the losers because then they have to turn themselves around? True. And that's what it's all about? In news this week, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish we could turn this show around. But And now we go to our award-winning journalist. And by award-winning, I meant he was the NAB AFL Oz Kicker of the Year, our very own homegrown talent, Lockie Bridgman. Thunderous applause. <laughs> In news this week, Marvel has shown their first ounce of support for the AFL in a response to Collingwood's shocking banner blunder minutes before the season finale's commencement. Onlookers marvelled at the side of the Hulk as he thundered out of the tunnels, roaring his support for the Magpies. Spectators were quick to work out who was the replacement banner. (laughs) 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 You were so far behind. I did not follow that at all. I was like... It's like completely missed it. Completely <laughs> straight over my head. Major AFL sponsor McDonald's has today announced a new burger will be added to the range for a limited time only. It's reported the burger will be their sauciest yet and may even end up running for Prime Minister. Eagle supporters have flocked to the fast food outlets to sink their teeth into the all new legendary McGovern. Yes. yes. We called that. So we're both nodding to each other. I, was like, yeah, we're yeah. Like, I turned to Chuck straight away. He's like, you new Macca's burger. I'm like, McGovern. Yeah. <laughs> We've been preparing our scripts for a while. It's time to duel. Right now, you're going to shut up and I'm going to pump it and then I'm going to be victorious at the end of this rap battle. So let's get it started, eh? If only Black Eyed Peas references would get you the win. Let's see how this one goes, buddy. You've done radio for a year, so there's some things you should know. But here in your rapping, it's clear, there's no flow. Remember the song of when the saints all drink it through? That seems like poetry in comparison to you. But I'm only just scratching the surface. We're meant to help the community, but you're doing a disservice. You once forgot your own segment name, hence you barely have a segment to which you lay a claim. We gave you the monologue to make you feel included, so don't feel like you're special, because that would be deluded. There's many problems to which I've alluded, but there's more than that. This battle isn't concluded. Hang on, wait, was that supposed to be entertaining? Funny that. I can only hear the audience complaining. I hit you hard last week, I hope you're ready for round two. 
Are you gonna choke like Richmond in full view? So far, your lines have been lacking any fun. Reminds me of your love life. Rather, there isn't one. I love that you think that you can actually burn. You can't touch me. I'm rock hard like Shannon Hearn. Your predictions this season, they weren't exactly correct. But you predicted that you suck. And for that, respect. So please, please, enough of this rapping. My dog's got more melody when he starts yapping. The Saints are terrible. You have so many jacks. They're kind of like you. They never have your back. They're not worthy of my respect. Not even a bit. Put two and two together and your club's jack shit. Guys, list your jokes like a spine. At least I can write one with more than one punchline. When you're telling a joke, I often send out a prayer. Kinda like you do when Bruce is in the square. You called out my predictions like it's a stat, which is highly ironic. Do you remember eating a hat? If you need to write something, you can steal it from me. It will be the only laugh you get, that I guarantee. To be fair though, I'm too good for you, honestly. I reckon instead I'll go eat pizza in Italy. So for now, you can run the show in the meantime. Hey, Bridge, you want to teach him how to write a punchline? News Flash Bitches is a bulletin for you. Got a report and expose scoop and story too. You guys were so boring, you were ditched by your own presenter. But then the gods answered. In I enter, I'm the best writer here, I only just joined the crew. Hell, my jokes couldn't be sicker even if I caught the flu. Got an idiot intonation, turn a phrase into pun. Go out the way you came in. There's the door, son. Your lack of effort always makes me wheeze. I've seen a more fulfilling performance from the Black Eyed Peas. You should be good at this. All you do is talk. I didn't expect this to be such a cakewalk. You say you're a fan. You call yourself a saint. But to that claim, I have but one complaint. You went for Melbourne and the Saints didn't matter. What's next? Eat a cheese platter. You also didn't commit to every episode this year. But I guess that did give me a reason to cheer. You might not know this, but as you're interest wanes, I come to realise that a number one fan is more dedicated. Thank you, Rob James. Do you actually even have anything to say? I've seen more skilky skills from Cameron O'Shea. In this metaphor, I'm like Batman, you're like Robin. Because of us two, you're the one that's forgotten. Now to wrap up, you're the one to blame. You're the reason we have dummy in the name. Well, that was quite the rap battle. I think it's obvious I can't rap. Uh, That conclusion is pretty simple, but I did have a good time writing it, and that's the most important thing, I think. And we've had a great time this season. Yeah, well, this is our last episode for the year, obviously, so... I mean, first and foremost, thank you to everyone who's listened and put up with our garbage uh, most of the year. We've had great fun putting together this content for you all. It's been a pleasure for us, and I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. And thank you to all of our guests that we've had throughout the year. Uh, Lucky Richmond is coming doing the news in the second half of the season. Tom Cruise who filled in for me while I was in Europe. Um, Jacob Thompson, who did a guest episode, and Cassie Temple as well. Yeah, so thank you to all who's made the show happen. Um, yeah, it's been good fun. And thank you, Alex, uh, for being my sidekick this year. You can be my uh, Robin. Uh, I'll be the Batman. So uh, I guess that's the last show. So there's no point in actually plugging us from here on in. Um, no, you should no, you should definitely go follow us on Twitter. We're not going to tweet anything. You should do it anyway. Um, in other news, I will post on the AFL by Dummies page. Alex and I might be doing some other interesting stuff in the near future. So if you want to listen to us and our quirky sense of humor, that's where it will be. So stay, actually stay like to the Facebook page. I will plug that. Um, but yeah, thanks to everyone for listening. From myself, Chuck. My name's Alex Henry. Have a nice day, everyone. Thunderous applause.